Hello, everyone, and welcome to Courageous Conversations, a foster care podcast. My name is Paige. I am your host. And today's episode, I wanted to answer a question that I frequently ask other people that are on the podcast, but it's just something that I've really been thinking about a lot lately. And that question is if foster parenting is what I expected. And I know that sounds like a really simple question, um, but the more I've thought about it, the more ways I've realized, wow, like like you think you're super prepared going into it. And lo and behold, you learn so much so fast and it is so different with every single child that comes into your home. So with that said, Today, I wanted to dive further into the question if foster parenting is what I expected and what ways it is and it isn't. So, um, I don't have my thoughts super planned out. This podcast might be a little bit more rambly, but it's going to be honest. (laughs) So, I remember as a prospective foster parent, I heard this and it made me laugh. And now here we are and I'm thinking about how true it is. So, this is what it was. And I quote... To only believe 50% of what you are told on a foster care referral. So a referral is what um, your agency has when they call you. They'll basically just read you a referral for a placement. And I remember thinking 50%, to only believe that 50% of that was true was really hard for me. Because in my mind, it was like, they couldn't mess up that much. And if they just didn't mess up on an accident, then it's because that they weren't being truthful on purpose and that it was like they were lying to me about what was on the placement. So that that was my thought process as a prospective foster parent. And now that I am a foster parent, I understand a little bit more of how easy it is to misunderstand and like to only believe 50% of what you're told that's because they don't have the full picture either. And when I say they, I mean DHS and your agency and foster care specialists and literally everyone. They're, they're, the best interest of the child is what's at play, but that doesn't mean that people do it perfectly. I remember that I had six kiddos in and out of my home, whether that was respite or foster placements. And I've now had more than six children, but at the six children mark, I, I remember realizing three of the six children that were in my home, I was told the wrong age of the child. And it's not a big deal um, as far as the care that I'm able to provide for them. Um, all of the ages, I was told one year off for three um, three different times. I was told that a child was this age and they were one year older or one year younger. I mean, that's just one thing where like, it's like there, that is something where on the referral, it's not that people were intentionally being dishonest. (laughs) It's simply because that's just what happens. It's a mistake. And, um, I don't know. That was just one thing that was really surprising to me. And now I do want to say that the ratio is not 50% of kids that come into my home. I'm told the wrong age. But just at that particular point in my fostering journey, it was 50% of the kids that had come in and out of my home. I was told the wrong age for it. And that, it was just surprising to me. Um, And all of them, it was like a year or less that I was told the wrong age. And it was just told the wrong age initially. So like it was clarified later and it was not a big deal, but it was just kind of surprising in the moment because that was the first that I'd really realized of like, 
oh, I understand what that foster parent was saying of like only believing 50% of what you're told. As far as trauma-informed care goes, I am studying human development and psychology in college with a specialty or just focus in trauma. So you would have thought that I would have like, I don't know, felt more prepared (laughs) when it comes to having certain behaviors in my home because the only like no-go behavior um, when it comes to accepting a new placement, like if this is something that this child is walking through, then I do not feel comfortable with them coming in my home. And it's simply because I have pets. The only like no that I have or firm no that I have is abuse against animals in any capacity. Um, While a lot of people, they may say that they can't do children that exhibit X, Y, or Z behaviors, that is my only thing. Because in my mind, I'm like, I have the book knowledge and I know it's going to be hard, but I think it'll get easier once I have more experience and da 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 da. And I'm here to tell you that things don't necessarily get easier with experience. They just become, okay, certain aspects do get easier with experience. Um, Like in foster parenting training, we learned about TBRI, which is trust-based relational intervention. And we go through the cycle of need. And it's like, not just looking at the behavior, but the underlying need that's trying to be expressed through the behavior. That all sounds so good on paper. And then actually doing that with a child in the moment for myself to stay calm. um, It was definitely surprising. It was really surprising because you think, um, and as a college student, I'd write papers of how I would respond in certain scenarios and then the moment comes and that's not always my response. And it was it was hard to realize like this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be in that way of like I have all of this book knowledge. So then when I have a really difficult placement and I just I like forget everything and I remember um, my first respite care kiddo, she was with me a few days and the second they left I thought of something that I could have done with them. And I thought of something that I could have implemented with them that I thought would have really helped. Um, But I I was like so frantic. I don't know if frantic is the right word, but so overwhelmed with the newness of it and just trying to get them settled that I wasn't settled enough within myself to be able to trust internally that I know... I don't know what I'm doing, but I know more than I think that I do. And I didn't trust myself enough in the moment to call on that wisdom. It was just panic of in the moment versus removing myself and thinking big picture. What do I already know? What am I trained to do on a deeper level? Um, Because while the foster parenting training is eight weeks long um, and we were trained in a lot Um, it's not all encompassing and that's where I'm really glad that my college degree comes into it and just the desire that I have to learn more about trauma-informed care and I still literally only feel like I've scratched the surface and I seriously have but I'm just I don't know there was just learning that in the moment that I wouldn't respond how I thought that I would it was like such a reality check and a pride check of like I don't have all the answers and I'm not perfect, but at the same time to trust myself and to trust my intuition that I do know a little something. So there's that. Um, I think another really big thing that has surprised me as far as foster care, um, I had quite a few respite care placements before I had a longer term placement. And then that longer term placement only ended up being with me for about a week. 
and it was so surprising to everyone involved um, because we did know why the kids were removed. So then to hear that they were going back so soon, I'm absolutely 100% for reunification, but it was just really unexpected when you know why the children were removed. Um, And I knew that when I would say goodbye to a placement that I would need to take some time to grieve, but I didn't expect that grief to be so strong after a week. So that is something that I did not expect. I'd always thought that my role as a foster parent was to love them, but I quickly learned that it is just as important to love them and to advocate for their needs because that child lives with you. And while you may not get to speak up in every court hearing about what they need to be the squeaky wheel in their case of this child needs therapy, this child needs this, this child needs this, like to, to be their advocate in every way that you can. I, I, I knew that that was part of it, but I didn't realize how much of a part of it that was going to be, especially with p- kids that are new to the system, with new placements, um, like a child just entering the system. I found that to really be my experience and I wasn't I wasn't expecting it, but it's been good. I've always considered myself a natural advocate. And when I say it's been good, it doesn't mean that it's been easy, but it's just been something that I learned and it, I've come to learn to prepare myself for when I accept a placement of a child who is new to the system. Along those same lines, um, biblically, I really hold on to the story of Mary and Martha. And this Bible story and the significance really came to me after my first placement left and I got the news that they would be going home so soon and I wasn't expecting it. And I, as I reflected on the time that we had together, yes, I, was, I chose to sit down and to play with them and to be present. But when I look at the week overall, I spent more time hustling and bustling around trying to get daycare set up and trying to get school going and things like that that I I chose to be it's easy to be Martha you have to actively choose to be Mary and if you're unfamiliar with that bible story I'll have the exact passage reference in um, the show notes of this episode but I believe it's in Luke chapter either 9 10 or 11 But Mary, um, Jesus comes into the home of Mary and Martha and Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet washing his hair or washing his feet with her hair, excuse me. But Martha is bustling and rushing around the house, cleaning and cooking and preparing because Jesus is here and she scolds Mary and Jesus tells Martha that Mary is doing what she's supposed to be doing. So uh, in a nutshell, that's what it is. (laughs) So um, just kind of learning Again, that was one thing that I didn't expect of myself, Um, but I guess I was trying to focus on things that I could control, and I'm able to control daycare and school um, and things like that. I can't control when they're going to leave, and I can't control that we play the same game for the 50 millionth time, but that's Mary, and to choose to be Mary in a world full of people telling you to be Martha is just really powerful and I feel like your kids notice it. Another really big thing that foster parenting has differed from how I expected is in terms of support that I have received as a foster parent. I heard this quote in reference to a therapist but I think the same thing can be said for a parent that being a foster parent is less about doing things and more about being someone. So it's not about doing something for my child it's about being someone for my child 
And other than that, I don't know what success is in foster care. And maybe with time, it that will change. Or maybe the fact that I keep going despite challenges would be different. Um, but I guess th- that's that's something that I expected for foster care and something that has been exactly what I expected. That it's hard because it's supposed to be hard and I'm supposed to get attached and I am supposed to... Um, let the village of people come around my children and love them and love us. So yeah, that's where I want to end it. I expected foster parenting to be hard and I expected it to be worth it at the same time. And it has been. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, it wasn't as planned out as I thought it was going to be, but I'm just feeling kind of nostalgic this week. (laughs) And I wanted to look back on the foster care journey so far. So Um, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast and the different interviews. We will be back in two weeks with another interview. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And until next time, stay courageous. Bye, everyone.